This is Inside Purple and Gold. If you like what you're hearing, give us a follow. Um, you're following us. If you've been following us all season, we really appreciate it. Um, if you're following us, we will be happy. We'll, dro- we'll be dropping off-season content here and there. Uh, might take a little break with the Vikings. Have nothing to play for now, but yeah. there will be things that we talk about. So if you know you are sad that the season's over, if you're sad you have to wait until May or you know April for the draft, May for OTAs, mm-hmm. July for training camp, uh, we'll come at you a couple times a week and, and and try and at least help you get through this off season if you're if you're following along. So follow us inside Purple and Gold anywhere you get your podcasts. All right, the plug's over. Tom, I want to talk about the last play of the, of the season, effectively. Yeah. Like the 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 kneel downs, I guess those count as plays. Like Daniel Jones takes three <laughs> knees. Uh, Richie James does like a sick backflip. That and, was amazing. You know, and, like just effortless. If I tried to do that, I would break my neck and die. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the last play of the Viking season was Kirk Cousins on fourth and eight, throwing a four-yard pass to TJ Hawkinson. And look, I get it. I, I get it. Kirk Cousins thought he was going to get sacked and he had progressed off of Justin Jefferson at that point. He had gotten to to his, in his progression to TJ Hawkinson when he felt like he was about to get sacked. Mm -hmm. So rather than take a sack, he said, I will throw this ball. I'll keep it alive. I'll give it to TJ Hawkinson, regardless of the fact that he's not at, at or past the first down marker. And I'll just hope he breaks a tackle. Well, he threw it too late. Uh, there was a defender draped all over TJ Hawkinson and it goes for a four yard gain. The Vikings turn the ball over Daniel Jones kneels, kneels out the clock. Um, and the season ends. I have an issue with not just like, I get it after we talked about, we asked her cousins about this after the game. He said he didn't feel comfortable with, you know, the coverage he was seeing yeah. um, with Justin Jefferson. He didn't feel comfortable kind of throwing the ball up there at, at that moment in time you know, with all the chips on the table. So he continued to progress and this progression led him to, uh, you know, a check down. Yep. My issue is that at fourth and eight, you, you can't progress to the route that doesn't get you past the first down marker. You just can't do it. And it, it reminds me of this anecdote early in training camp when Kirk Cousins said, I had this discussion with Kevin O'Connell with, with Wes Phillips during practice. Mm-hmm. And this was way back in July. It was like, I was going through my progression. I said no to this route, no to this route, no to this route. And then I finally said yes to the check down. And after Kirk Cousins did that back in training camp, Kevin O'Connell, Wes Phillips pulled him aside and said, don't say no to that route. Like we want you to throw that route. We don't want you to get to your, your last progression. And that felt like just such a, like a full circle moment, like for the Mm -hmm. worst, like he talks about this in training camp about not progressing to the check down because he wants to get, you know, get a chance for explosive plays on the field. Well, when the season is on the line, he progresses to the check down when you have Justin Jefferson and I get it. Like Mm -hmm. maybe that's a low percentage throw. Maybe it's like a, he has a 25% catch probability, whatever those advanced metric stats are. But like it was like a 0.5% catch probability against Buffalo when when Justin Jefferson yes. just reached yeah. back from into the heavens and pulled down that that ball with one hand. Mm-hmm. So my issue is not that Kirk Cousins, you know, like I get it. You'd you'd rather throw the ball to Hawkinson than, than take a sack. Like he's right there. But don't let yourself progress off Jefferson there. And if you do, do not let yourself progress off of the other routes that lead you to your final progression, which is a route that's not past the first down sticks. So that, that just as good as Kirk cousins was in this game. And he was very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
as good as he was all season, and he was really, really good. It's the best season I think he's had in, in the league. Mm-hmm. He just reminds you kind of at, at certain times that like there are robotic things ingrained to him, and, and, and maybe with more time with Kevin O'Connell, that, that will go away or he'll be able to kind of find ways out of that. Um, but at the most important play of the season, Kirk Cousins checked down, and the punchline writes itself. I think there's multiple things. I think, first of all, we can't overlook the aesthetic and how this ties back to training camp, as you said. There were times where I think Cousins was overzealous throwing downfield. I think the most egregious one was in Philadelphia. The irony in that game is against the Blitz, you should have gone to the hot route, functionally a, like, design check down, which is very funny, right? And it's like, but Mm -hmm. to be fair, maybe that game in some ways set the tone for something like Buffalo, where he just throws it up on what was that fourth and 19 or whatever. And and Jefferson makes a miracle play. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, the aesthetics are terrible. The fact that this is kind of the lasting memory, right, of Cousins, it sucks, but that just kind of is because it's the last play. You know, I get it, I guess, from this standpoint, like if they're going to take away Jefferson, Hawkinson did finish with 10 receptions, 129 yards. He also did set a franchise record for tight end receptions, I think, in the Giants game in the Mm -hmm. regular Mm -hmm. season. Um, You know, Thielen, three big catches, 50 yards. Justin Jefferson, seven receptions, 47. That's the containment. Osborne only had 20. Who knows if if Cousins, he said actually, Cousins said the third and eight play, the one immediately before that is the one that sticks with him because he had single coverage and the defender, the D-back, um, broke the ball up to Osborne. He feels like if he let him a little bit more, maybe Osborne, you know, yeah. catches that and has more yards. But um, big job by Herb Smith, which is like, holy, yeah, like another demon that came back in this game. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think I, you, you're right in this sense. Like, I think Arif asked about this, Arif Hassan, who, um, who like, you know, analytics guy. He's like, you know, functionally, like, an interception isn't that bad of an outcome in that situation. I know how it feels, right, if you're at the game or watching it. But, like, it's not worse Same. than a fourth down. It's it's a turnover, right? Turnover on downs or turnover yep. by interception. And it's like, again, I'd have to look back. You know, you can look at an all 22 and see what Cousins was seeing or whatever. But like, if you think there's any chance, Justin Jefferson, right? It's like, oh, man, let him go make something happen, right? Um, and so I'm with you on that. And I think Cousins has come a long way in that regard. I think I do like it's really interesting. Um, someone asked him about like what he'll be thinking about tonight. He's like, I'm just going to go through the plays in my mind. You know, he is this perfectionist. He's one of those guys who like stuff sticks with him. And I think he learns from it. Right. Um, but like one thing he's going to have to look at is like, how does he go further away from the player who checks down? Right. Even though if that's, that's like technically the right thing to do and more towards the player who throws, you know, kind of a 50, 50 ball or even worse at one of his best players. So um it's unfortunate it comes down to that. I mean, obviously you can look at like the play before and be like big one demand in that situation or whatever. Um, but I'm with you. Like in that situation, like if there's any chance with Thielen or even really one of his other receivers, mm-hmm. I think you're better off going down with an interception there, you know, and it's just because they're both functionally turnovers. Um, and who knows? I mean, again, we'd be saying something different if Hawkinson – breaks that tackle. But I think most people are smart enough too to be like, wow, Hawkinson was almost tackled short. You know what I mean? Or whatever. So I don't know. Very weird that that is the last play. And it just, it, it, that's almost unfair given like how much progress Cousins has made this year. For sure. And, and that's, I guess what kind of bugs me, like, is that like, it's going to just kind of be tunnel visioned into like, this is who he is. 
Yeah. He hasn't changed at all. And he really has. And, and, and I've been one of Kirk Cousins' biggest critics, like through his entire tenure with yeah. the Vikings. And, and it does feel like he's, he's taken strides this year. And it does feel like he's the quarterback that could help them, you know, maybe not win the Super Bowl, but get over the hump per se. Um, he had, he did a lot of good stuff this year. And in, in, in a year where the rest of the league has kind of proven that quarterback play is not guaranteed, like solid quarterback play is not a guarantee. Um, so I, I don't think Kirk Cousins is the problem here. Um, I, I, it is unfortunate that the season, the season as a whole ends with that play. Um, but that his season also ends with that play because, because it was, he was better than, than, than that play and that decision in that moment. He is going to be the guy immediately, right? I mean, like O'Connell believes in him. He's worked with him before. He, he yep. sets, to be fair, at the very least, even if you're totally out on Kirk, he sets a floor, right? And, like, you need that because you have Jefferson and you need – listen, ask Randy Moss about competent quarterback play, right? So, like, yes. you need to have yes. that. Um, having said that, Cousins in some way benefited from being in the NFC this year. It's so funny if you look at the quarterbacks who are in the NFC playoffs, right, at the beginning of, you know, beginning of the playoffs. And the ones that are in the AFC, especially because Jacksonville qualified. Um, so you have Lawrence, like, I don't think we can get away from the fact that like the quarterback is such a monumentally important uh, player and that the AFC is so much better because there's so much talent at the quarterback position over in that side. Um, having said that, like part of me from my standpoint, and I understand like a fan who is at the game or, or watching intently on TV may not feel the same way, but from my standpoint, this does not change how I think of Cousins. I think he is the incumbent. I think it's really important to have an incumbent for a player to take their spot rather than basically an open seat where it's whoever kind of comes out of camp or whatever. You know what I mean? So I think he's still that. I still believe like he is valuable to the franchise. No, he should be. He gets paid a lot of money, but like he's valuable to the franchise because of how he has taken care of the ball, how he goes through his reads, how he prepares, um, and because he does enough to enable Justin Jefferson. Um, having said that, like what they're going to look for in the quarterback, you know, in the draft is you don't want the Heineke type or the YOLO, like I don't know what he's doing half the time, right? But like mm -hmm. you want someone with a little moxie, right? Someone who like in this situation, you know, in, um, in a fourth and eight and the season's over, they find a way to wire it into Jefferson and make that guy make a play. Right. And this, this is just, I don't even know if this is the chief fault of cousins, to be honest, it is just a fault that unfortunately the season ends on. Um, yeah. And it's something that's just going to kind of stick in our minds. So the cousin debate won't last forever. I think what I'd tell anyone is he is the incumbent. It's good to have an incumbent who someone has to displace. I mean, said that if I'm Quasi, I'm throwing darts, right. I'm, I'm taking yeah. gambles on guys who I think might eventually surpass cousins as he, you know, progresses into his thirties. For sure. Some other standouts on offense and, and we'll, we're going to talk about the defense. If you're listening in like mm -hmm. the 25th minute of this podcast, like we're going to talk about the defense. Don't worry. Um, but Tom's mentioned a couple times, TJ Hawkinson had 10 catches for 129. Yeah. Adam Thielen had three catches for 50. JJ finishes with seven catches for 47. Um, that's about it. You know, Kirk Cousins yeah. was, was 20, 31 of 39 for 273 and, and, and a pair of touchdowns. He had a, had a QB sneak too. It, yeah. Uh, a reception for a loss of two yards. Um, <laughs> the, the, the things that stuck with me most post game, um, was just kind of seeing how sad he was though. Like Kirk cousins, like yeah. it, it felt like we talked about like him taking steps this year and like steps on the field. And it, it felt like he took steps as like a, 
like someone who kind of lets you in to see like how, what he's actually. Yeah. I, I remember his first year in Minnesota. Um, Vikings missed the playoffs. Kirk Cousins kind of just plays average to above average all season. And in and, and his post-game press conference at the end of that season, it was just, he talked about year zero and, and you, you know, how like, the, you know, they, it was just very pragmatic and it felt like yeah. robotic and it, you know, it was almost as if like he talked about the loss and the end of the season in, in, in a way that was just so like analytical. Whereas yeah. this felt like emotional, like he was upset. He said, mm-hmm. this is the heart. This is the, the, the toughest loss of my career to this point. Uh, and in all of that, like, I feel like stems from the fact that this was his team and, mm-hmm. and, and Kevin O'Connell gave him kind of the license. Like, this is your team. This is your team, Kirk. And, and from there, you know, like the Vikings won 13 games. They were 11 and 0 in one score games during the season, obviously 0 and 1 in one score games in the playoffs, <laughs> but it felt like all of these things kind of added up. Um, to Kirk Cousins taking steps like both on and off the field, on the field as a player, off the field as a leader. Um, and I think you kind of saw that in, for, in, in, in very short, you know, snippets because he got back to like, you know, his, his usual, like, you know, this is going to stick with me. I'm going to think about this, you know, this play and that play and be a perfectionist. But like yeah. for a few seconds there, he let you all the way in and you could see how he felt. Yeah. I think it's interesting how all these guys process it. I think to start with Cousins, I thought the success O'Connell would have with him if he did was that he'd basically just program him, right? It'd be if then, right? If you see this, then do this. If this, mm-hmm. and actually it was, it was very different. And I ended up writing about this basically being like, Hey, I was wrong. Um, it was more like he was the voice in cousin's head, literally. Right. It was, it was like, he will talk to him until you can, the radio goes off at 15 seconds. Right. But he'll talk him mm-hmm. through like this, this, you know, do, you know, and then he'll go to the line cousins will diagnose it and make a plan. I think this is why he was successful and more willing to take risks aside from the mm-hmm. fact too, he knew Zimmer Zimmer was telling him to take risks. I know that wasn't true. Zimmer's a defensive coach. He would have been mad that he put the defense in a bad spot, right? So it's a bit the contrast between O'Connell and, and Cousins, but or O'Connell and Zimmer, but it's also O'Connell's relationship with Cousins. I also think he embraced the perfectionist that Cousins is, right? Like I think he went through the tape with someone who who is kind of tormented by the mistakes he makes, right? Mm-hmm. So I think there was actually this human side. And I think the other thing is O'Connell, even in wins and even here at this loss that um, you know, where you could blame cousins for checking down as we should, he was like, I could have run a better play. Right. He always pointed the finger at himself and then cousins did that. And other players did that. And you're right. Like cousins did give us a window into who he is. He didn't wear his emotions on his, like Hawkinson looked distraught. Like I actually kind of felt mm-hmm. bad for him. He, you know, cause he's like, dude, I just joined this team and these guys are awesome. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And like, um, you know, you could see it with Jefferson at times. You could see it with some of these other players a little more visceral, like, like Harrison Smith, he was talking kind of in hushed tones and he just was very different than kind of the guy he usually is. Um, mm-hmm. But you could tell this really bug cousins that he, I think he thought he had something. I think he was happy with the situation. I think he could see how he enabled Justin Jefferson. I think we have to give him some credit for that. Um, I think to his credit too, cousins doesn't really hold a grudge. Like he basically wrote it out with Nate, or, uh, Jalen Rager rather until Rager just could not play anymore. Right. As a receiver. He, he yeah. could have said, I'm never going to throw to you or Smith ever again, because we had a first down on a play that you were wide open. I think it was like a second down short pass. Instead yep. he finds him in the end zone and he scores on this one. Like 
he gets Osborne involved. And like I said, for as much as like I'm kind of on the fence with Cousins or I just I kind of see a limit to who he is, we have to look at his merits. And I think one of them is he's kind of grown in some ways as a person, which is funny to say, but a guy who is his age. Um, but also like he has I do believe he loved this team and it came through in what he said but also how he distributed the ball and, and, and kind of, you know, how he reacted to this loss. So, um, yeah, I think that was a really fascinating kind of window into Cousins. And I think you can both be this tortured perfectionist who thinks through analytically and also someone to be like, yeah, this sucks. Like Alexander Madison might not be on this team anymore and Bradbury and I miss those guys. You know, and I think he's, he's both. Yes. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Obviously a lot to talk about as far as like where the Vikings go from here. Um, We'll get into that later. When we come back, it's probably what everyone wants to kind of gripe about. The defense, it was terrible. Um, changes need to be made, just to be perfectly frank. Um, and, and it's why the Vikings lost today. 